1975, I attended a small church in Dallas, Texas, after I was born again, a church called Believer's Chapel, a non-denominational church. One of their preachers was preaching how serious a matter it is to make a vow before God. I'd never even heard of this before, but it impressed me very much. If you tell God you will do something or you want to do something, it's a very serious matter to make a vow before God. I think I probably made a vow before God when I read Genesis chapter 14, where Abram said to the king of Sodom, who offered him reward. Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have vowed unto the Lord that I will not take from a shoe latchet from you, lest you would say, I have made Abram rich. That concept really struck through my heart. I, at that time, said to God, this is what I want my life to be, that you are my provision, that my wealth or prosperity does not come from other humans, but from you. I think that must have been a vow before God, because my entire life was structured by that concept. I didn't take out mortgages and buy things for myself. I didn't go in debt for anything. I wanted to have only that which God would permit me to have. I wanted my prosperity or wealth to come from God. If I didn't have the money, if God hadn't allowed me to have the money, then I just wouldn't buy that object. Now later, though I would not take out a mortgage or make car payments, I only bought what I could pay cash for. Later, God did allow me to build a house. I had the cash from my father, from the inheritance I had from my father, as well as money from the ministry to afford to build a house. But there was no mortgage on that house. So it affected me greatly. At the present time, I'm 85 years old and owe nothing for anything. I don't owe anything at all. And that's the way I have lived since I read that verse of Scripture and told God that's the way I wanted to live. I think that was a vow before God. In Numbers 21, we have an example of the children of Israel making a vow 
to God. Numbers 21, verse 1. And when King Arad, the Canaanite, which dwelt in the south, heard tell that Israel came by the way of the spies, then he fought against Israel and took some of them prisoners. And Israel vowed a vow unto the Lord and said, If thou wilt indeed deliver this people into mine hands, then I will utterly destroy their cities. And the Lord hearkened to the voice of Israel and delivered up the Canaanites, and they utterly destroyed them and their cities. And he called the name of the place Hormah, In the New Testament church, we don't destroy the people physically as they did in the Old Testament, but we tear down their gods, their graven images, and kill their gods by presenting the truth of God who created the heaven and the earth, the true God, to the people. We allow nothing of their previous gods to live in them, for we counter their gods with the truth of the word of God, burning their gods alive with the truth from our God. Because when God tells us something, it just doesn't leave, like the sayings of the world frequently leave, The sayings of God come back over and over. Numbers 21, verse 4. And they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. And the people spake against God and against Moses. Wherefore have ye brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there's no bread, neither is there any water, and our soul loathe this light bread. They loathed the food God gave them. And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people. And they bit the people, and much people of Israel died. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Moreover, brethren, I would not have ye be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea and did all eat the same spiritual meat, and did all drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ in the Old Testament. Paul says, But with many of them God was not well pleased, for they were overcome in the wilderness. Verse 6. 1 Corinthians 10, 
Now these things were our examples to the intent. We should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Verse 7, Neither be ye idolaters, as were some of them, as it is written that people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication, as some of them committed, and fell in one day 23,000. 23,000 died in one day over this fornication that they were committing. This is the children of Israel. Neither let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted, and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur, complain, as some of them also murmured, and were destroyed of the destroyer. Numbers 21. Now all these things happened unto them for examples, and they are written for our admonition to warn us today upon whom the ends of the world are come. So everything we read in the Old Testament is an example for us to warn us to admonish us, don't do what they did. You're going to see many, many warnings. And you're going to see examples of people like Joshua and Caleb who searched out the land and came back and told the children of Israel, we are well able to overcome. It doesn't matter that giants are out there. God is our God. We can overcome anything through God. So we have examples in the Old Testament of them doing things which destroyed them and of them overcoming through God, which are our examples. So as we go through the Old Testament, your faith in God builds. And it's true faith. It's not made up. It happened. It happened to them, and it's an example for us as we read the Old Testament. Thank you for allowing me to share with you today.